Hey everyone, welcome back to the Parenting for a Change podcast. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Matt Dinsky, pastor at Fellowship Greenville, and I'm joined today, as always, by Rob Marks, a fellow pastor at, here at Fellowship Greenville. Rob, how are you? Great, I'm great. Awesome. And we've been navigating through these ideas about discipling our children and using our influence to leverage the health of their faith. And we are on episode five today. We are at the end of our journey, these five principles. Today we will be talking about participatory passion. So thanks for joining us and hope you enjoy. All right, Matt, we're going to jump into the fifth. This is the number five of kind of the principles that we've been talking about that go along with passing on faith. And number five is participatory passion. Yes, we're here. That's hard to say. It's going to be a tough one to say. Participatory participatory passion, (laughs) (laughs) which is, which is really about ownership. Yeah. It's it's about, you know, passing on your faith in a way that's not just like, Hey, here's a a ton of, of everything I know and everything I, I get excited about, but somehow figuring out the bridge between what you love, what you're passionate about, and inviting your children or inviting the next generation into that in a way that it creates ownership. Like, that's the idea, is that they wouldn't just be observers, they would be participants. Right. And that long-term, that would create ownership. So we're going to go with our sports analogy because yeah, we've well, been doing all along. Yeah, so keep on football here. Yeah, or baseball or whatever, actually, whatever sport it is, or really any activity is. So you see it for, I'm going to relate to a dad, right? Yes. So you see it in dads, like, as soon as they have a son, or it could even be a daughter, if they're passionate about Clemson football or about basketball or baseball or whatever, I mean, they're buying them a little baseball mm-hmm. glove right off the bat before they can even put it on their hand because yeah. the expectation is they're going to they're gonna be a part of this. Or a little basketball. I remember when our kids were little, we bought the little Tykes basketball goal mm-hmm. that would adjust yeah. heights yeah. to be able to adjust with their abilities. And I couldn't wait. Like when when Jake was born, I couldn't wait to uh, start playing basketball. I turned. I taught him early how to post up at like the age of two. Nice. So, so that we do it right. We do it with mm-hmm. sports. Like uh, again, we've said it before. Like you're you're buying your kids gear or hats or t-shirts mm-hmm. because you want them to be a part of it. You want them. You want them to have the same passion for the sport or the team that you have, mm-hmm. and you're trying to invite them into that. Yeah, and at some point, you know, as they get older, you you get excited not just to share, you, um, like, your favorite team, as in, like, oh, I'm going to buy them a jersey, I'm going to mm-hmm. buy them a hat, I'll buy them a onesie. You don't just get excited to share in terms of, like, hey, here's my favorite team, and I'm going to deck you out in the attire. You get excited to share the experience. Sure. And, and so that would, you know, maybe look like a father and – son going to the backyard throwing a baseball. It might look like a father taking his daughter to her first soccer match or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, the the dad who loves soccer gets really excited about mm-hmm. that. And so I've my oldest has been doing sports for a couple of years now. He's done soccer for a couple of years and he's done T ball for one year. And um admittedly those are more so just because he was interested to try them. Sure. But but you know, we've talked before, like I'm not the super sports guy, but what I do love is the outdoors and yep. hiking and things like that. And to that degree, I've definitely gone down this road of like, all right, I, I want to get my kids outside. I yeah. want to get them hiking on the trails. I want to go camping. And so from a very young age, I mean, you know, my with our first, my wife was doing hikes with me eight and a half months pregnant. Um a pretty big mountains yeah. and uh <laughs> she was a nurse so i kind of felt safe like yeah. if i had to deliver she could guide me through it but uh 
And then, you know, when we had our second, like, uh, I, I remember we were taking our first, who at that point would be like two and a half years old. Yeah. We were taking him up on hikes and having the infant in a carrier and then a backpack on. And, sure. and so we've just always tried to incorporate that in, uh, even for my first fifth birthday. Like, that was a landmark birthday for us. I took him on his first, like, overnight in the mountains trip. And nice. so, yeah, like, it definitely that tone of, I don't just want him to know I love backpacking. I love backpacking and I love him. Yeah. And, man, if those worlds could overlap, that'd be amazing. And so I, I try to get him to um, engage in that world with me. And one day he may decide he's not into it, and that's that's fine. Um, because at some point these analogies fall short. What we really want them to be passionate about, though, is Jesus yeah. and our faith. Like, that that's the thing that's like, all right, if he grows up and he's not into hiking, you know, okay, yeah. no big deal. But but hopefully through my passion about Jesus and inviting my my children into that experience, they grow up passionate about Jesus. Yeah, and I think as you move the analogy over, it's like you go, okay, so sure, we get it. We understand, like, I invite my kids into – Whatever sport or whatever team that I'm passionate about, I invite them to to be a part of that. And yet, sometimes as parents, we fail to do that from a faith perspective. Now, right off the bat, I feel like what parents are going to say is, well, no, no, no. I, I mean, I bring my kids to church every Sunday. And I've talked to people who would say, no, when I was growing up, we were, we were in church every day that the church was yeah. open. But it goes— yeah. It's got to go beyond that, right? I mean, yeah, I, I I mean statistically that just doesn't hold up. And I get I, I talk to parents all the time. I get the ideal of that. I, I get the good intentions behind that. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, bring them to church. That's great. But it it's bringing to bringing your children to church is a part of the puzzle. It's mm-hmm. not the key to the lock. Like yeah. church attendance does not by default typically create passionate followers of Jesus. Right. And so there has to be some connection to like why does going to that building matter in our home? Like yeah. How does it affect our lives here? And and so yeah, bringing your children to church is great, but it's not just it doesn't just end there. Like there's yeah. there's much more to it. Yeah. There. Like so, if we take the participatory passion and we break that down, you go okay. Like I get it. If you're listening, you go I get participatory passion. But how do I help my kids have that passion from a faith perspective? And I would say you use the same principles that you do from a sports or a sports team principle, and that is, first of all, it's not something that you you expect them to do on their own. You're going to share in the experience. So I was telling you yesterday, my mm-hmm. dad was a big golfer. He loved to golf. That was his thing. I never got into it. It was just, it just required way too much like time. Like You've got to play all the time. And uh, so when we would go on vacation, he'd want me to play golf. Hey, bring your golf clubs. I'd try to tell him, like, well, Dad, like, I've got four kids. I can't just mm-hmm. leave Sherry with the kids. Oh, no, her and your mom will watch the kids. They'll love it. And and Sherry would always say, like, no, you need to go play golf with your dad. But I wasn't very good. But he endured me shanking it off into the woods all the time or losing my ball or hitting in the water because for him it was, hey, I want to play golf, but I also want to spend time with you as my son. So he's, like, incorporating those two things together. I love the sport. I love my son. And if I can do the two of them together, that's even better. And so I do think there's some sense of like, hey, when we think about faith, what aspects of faith can we incorporate with our kids? Not just sending them to church or putting them in FG kids or putting them in FG students, but what things can I do with them together so that we experience mm-hmm. the faith, that faith journey together? That's one of the things I would tell parents. Look for those opportunities. So that could be 
you're serving together or you're doing a mission trip together. We talked about a dad that we know that does that with his kids, right? Mm -hmm. Like you go on mission trips together. You walk through faith things together because the shared experience is a part of what brings that participatory passion. Yeah, and the long-term goal, you know, hopefully of parents is that, so the, the question on the table is like, if, if I'm out of the picture, does my child still have the faith? Mm-hmm. And in the younger years especially, your faith sets the tone for their faith. Like yeah. they're going to mimic your faith. They're going to – their cap of spiritual maturity is typically going to be mm-hmm. where, where you bring them. But as they get older, they're going to begin to own that. They're going to mm-hmm. begin to you know grasp it with their own minds and hearts. And so the idea is like you know parents at, at some point – um, your children are going to own their faith. And I think all parents should be asking the question like, man, like, have I, have I established this passion in sure. Jesus well enough into our family rhythms, in our home, in my personal life, that it's contagious? Because typically passion is caught, not taught. You, right. you can't just sit down with someone and be like, you will be passionate about this. <laughs> like, it just doesn't work. And yeah. so it's typically seen. And so... You know, one of the things we see in the Gospels of how Jesus do this is it seems like he's got a like a four-tier approach of discipleship. And tier one would be, hey, guys, I'm going to do ministry. Mm-hmm. I'm going to serve. I'm going to teach. I'm going to do all that stuff. And you guys watch me, yeah. observe me, and then afterwards we'll reflect. We'll talk about it. We'll learn together. I'll ask you some questions, things yeah. like that. And then eventually there's this next tier, which is kind of like, all right, guys, now you're doing ministry. I'm empowering you to do things. Yeah. I'm asking you. I'm throwing you in the deep end. Sure. And I'm right here with you, but I'm watching you. Yeah. And uh, you're going to stumble a little bit. You're, you know, you're going to have questions, and that's great. It's part of the process. And then afterwards we're going to talk about it. And then tier three would be, all right, now I'm sending you out. Mm. This time you'll be doing ministry on your own. I won't be there physically with you, but come back to yeah. me. <laughs> I'll be right here, come back and tell me how it went, and we'll process it and learn from that. And then tier four seems to be, all right, I've prepared you. I'm leaving you physically. This is like the whole conversation in John 14, and they're like, Thomas says, where would you go? We don't know the way. And he's like, I am the way. And and then he starts talking about, but I'm sending a helper. I'm sending the Spirit. And so the fourth tier seems to be through the presence and power of the Spirit, we are doing ministry based off the model that we've seen Jesus do. And so I just think about that in terms of parenting, like, wow, what a great approach of like, it's the apprenticeship. It's like, they watch us, and then at some point, we begin to watch them, mm-hmm. and then at some point, we give them responsibility and empower them and, sure. and give them tasks and, and let them go do it on their own. And yes, fumble and fail and stumble mm-hmm. and fall, and then they come back and, and we celebrate and we learn, and then at some point, that's where the torch is being passed. It's like, man, ha- right. have we brought them to this place where now, because of the passion that we've displayed and the participation that we've invited mm-hmm. from their end, they are carrying that towards. They're owning their faith in a way that it's no longer contingent upon us. It's no longer, you know, dependent upon right. our presence. We, we've done this thing where we've built the infrastructure of passion through inviting the participation on their end. Yeah, that's the key, I think, is the participation that you invite. So. Mm-hmm. There is some aspect of why your kids are in your home, particularly when they're younger and in that early teens years of like, man, you've got to have this faith journey that you're inviting them to be a part of. You can't expect that they're going to just like you just tell them about it. 
and they're going to somehow pick it up and they're going to do it, even though they haven't seen it in you or mm-hmm. they've seen it in you, but they haven't ever ever actually been invited to be yeah. a part of it. Again, it's it's the sports analogy, right? Like that's like being a Clemson fan and you you love it and you but you don't ever talk about it, you don't ever invite your kids in it and somehow you expect that they're going to be mm-hmm. that once they're done. It act, yeah. we, we don't do that. Like you, the truth is never, we don't yeah, we've never taken them to a game. You yeah. never win it in the backyard and toss football. Like it it just like yeah, man, it's a lot of head knowledge and and truly for me, I think this is where you know, as we track the trends and trajectory of discipleship and 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 students who grow into adolescence and stick with the faith versus leave the faith and how the gospel looks in homes this to me is one of the biggest uh pivotal important things about how i try to coach parents in terms of discipling your kids and Mm. and again you know we talked about this in multiple episodes parents think i don't know how to disciple i'm not adequate i'm not competent i'm not educated enough and it's like no 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 those things you are, you just know them by different names, maybe. Right. And and so I, I think up to this point, the way we've talked about, you know, our, our pathway of discipleship, these principles, to start them young or start them now, to normalize it in the home, to pass on your knowledge, um, and to invite an experience, I, I I think at some point the typical American approach may get that far mm-hmm. and then kind of stops. At some point it's like yeah, we've told them about Jesus. Yeah. We've brought them to church. We've invited that experience. We we bought them a Bible. Mm-hmm. Like we've passed on our knowledge. But like one of the things I really, really want to help parents understand, especially for this generation, yeah. this current generation, Gen Z, that there has to be this experiential approach yeah. to Jesus and to the expression of faith. Yeah. Like um what this generation is longing for is trying. They're trying to connect a, the dots between mm. this building we go to on Sundays, and then observing home and family life. And how do these two things meet? How does this affect this? And why is that important? And how yeah. do I see that passion in my parents? Is it just a ritual? Mm-hmm. We go to a building on a Sunday, and we've never talked about Jesus. They don't seem to get excited about Jesus at home. We don't observe our parents on their knees praying, spouses praying together, mom or dad prioritizing time to to not just read the Bible, but invite mm-hmm. the children into what they're learning and studying about God or giving them opportunities to pray or, or um, to talk about what they're learning about yeah. God. I mean, these are the things where it becomes real. Like this sure. participatory passion actually is, I think, the key ingredient mm-hmm. to this whole thing. Yeah. So I was telling you the story Yesterday, I, I grew up a, a Reds fan. I'm still a Reds fan. And, yeah, and, go Cincinnati. Yeah, exactly. And it's partly because when I was young, I had the privilege of watch, watching, you know, during the 70s, the 75, mm-hmm. 76 Reds were probably one of the greatest one teams of all time. One of the greatest MLB time. teams of, of all, all time. time, yes. I mean, come on. Come on, guys. We didn't know this. I know that. And and so I, I have, you know, I've, I'm kind of renewing this passion for watching mm-hmm. the Reds because I can get it on MLB Network and – and so, like, all this season I've been watching it. And so I'm, like, my passion is starting to get, you know, rekindled. Mm-hmm. And so I'm inviting my family into watching the games because I'm going to watch it. And so I start watching the games. They start watching the games. I start talking about players, and I start giving them backstory on players. And they start now, all of a sudden, they're getting into it, a close game where we win it in the ninth inning. And it's like sharing stories and all these things. And so – the other night, I the, of course they play every night. Like the kids who go to Reds play tonight. <laughs> yes, they do. Like they they play so many games. But I said we were, actually had to leave, and I said, hey, the the Reds are on. Let's put them on. 
and I, my boys were there, and they started watching it, and I was getting ready to leave, and they're like, and they made this comment, which I think is illustri- mm-hmm. illustrates this. They said, oh, but it's much more fun to watch it with you. And I thought, man, that's it. Like, yeah. there's this sense of like, I get excited about it, and so they feed off that excitement. So some of the joy for them comes from watching me enjoy mm-hmm. it, which then invites them to be a yeah. part of it and enjoy it too. Yeah. And that's the way it would be with faith too. Yeah. Like, they need to see this love that we have for other people and this love for God that's contagious enough where they go, man, I, I man, it's it's much more fun to do it with you, yeah. to do faith with you. Now, again, they're going to walk on in that on their own at some point in time in their life. But during those young years, yep. they've got to see somebody that's walking with them and, yeah. and showing them this is what it looks like. And, yeah. it's, and it's infectious, you know? Yeah, so, so to put it in this perspective, I, w- I would say imagine a reality where it's like, you, you talk to your child ab- about the importance of mm-hmm. faith and the greatness of God yep. and the amazing uh, grace and mercy and love of Jesus. And you you tell them, you know, h- how much of a priority this should be in their lives. And, yep. and you, you try to <laughs> talk to them verbally, like you give them all this head knowledge over and over and over. And as a way to connect the words that you're saying mm-hmm. and the importance of, of what it means, you then take them to this building every week where someone talks even more about it mm-hmm. and and they have like age-appropriate classes that they go and and they get to experience this amazing thing and they see all these people around them worshiping and singing and and like they can sense the passion in that room. Yeah. At a certain point though, they are realizing this seems really, really important to this group, the mm-hmm. people in this building. Like, they seem really passionate about it when we go there. Yeah. But it, like, I don't really sense that same passion here. Like, I, I'm talked to about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm told about it. I'm told how important it is, but there's no example to actually right. see. And and unfortunately, I, I do. I think that's the reality of a mm-hmm. lot of adolescents. They are looking at, I'm told how important it is, but there's actually no prioritization right. in our family for it. Yeah. And so imagine like if we try to do this with anything else, if we put priority on we got to teach our kids finances or Mm. we got to teach our kids like, you know, how to plan for the future and the importance of education, um, the importance of like kindness. If we just talked about it, talked about it, talked about it, but never actually created moments Mm. to learn these teachable moments or pointed to examples or use things happening in the world as teachable lessons or whatever. At a certain point, it's just head knowledge and I'm being told this is really important but if you want to see passion you go to the building yeah yeah <laughs> and that's the disconnect for an entire generation is they are waiting on parents to say no it's not just the building it's yeah. our fan like we are putting our money where our mouth is mm-hmm. this matters to us and what we know to be true is parents are the most influential people in the lives of children mm-hmm. by far and if the message being communicated from parents is this is really, really important, but they're only observing passion at mm-hmm. the building and never at home, well, the influence is going to win out. Eventually, they're going right. to realize, yeah, it's not that big of a deal to my parents. I know they say it is, but it's not. Yeah. And so it's not that big of a deal to me. Like that's the disconnect. Yeah. So the practical part of it on the opposite side of that then is to create this thing that they're participating in and they have passion and it's got to be what do you spend your time talking about? What do you spend your time celebrating? What are the stories that you share? Mm-hmm. Are those things about things of faith? Because if they're not, then there's nothing that you're actually inviting them into. Yeah. So in my mind, I think 
if you if you as a parent think, man, when I think about my kid's faith journey and what I want them to become, and you can picture that in your mind, then you have to ask yourself, what am I doing in my life that matches that, that they would mm-hmm. be able to see and that I would be able to invite them in? Yeah. And if there's nothing, then whatever you're envisioning is not going to it's not gonna happen. Yeah, and that really gets to, you know, we've called this thing pass it on, like pass on faith. Mm-hmm. That's what we've kept referring to this thing as, especially behind the scenes, we keep talking about passing on the faith. And one of the things we keep saying is like, man, you, you just can't pass what you don't, don't have. have. Right. And so I think the reality is if, if a parent is not passionately pursuing Jesus and yet they're trying to pass on that faith to their children at a certain point, it's just, it's going to be a whiff. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing to pass other than, you know, words like yeah. this is important, but, but not actions. And so, you know, for, for parents, I, w- I would say like, this is not just, Hey, so here's what you do. Start a Bible study right. every night in your home. I'm not trying to be super mm-hmm. like formal and, and, you know, create this very like holy and reverent movement right. in your home. So what I am saying though, is like wherever your faith is at and wherever your passion in Jesus is at, pursue that and keep pursuing that and grow that relationship and simultaneously mm. invite your children to participate in your own yeah. passion and in your own faith. And that's how passion is passed. Sure. It, it, there's no, there's not really like this coming of age of like, ooh, when they're 15, then they'll get passionate about it on their own. Yeah. Maybe, but statistically, it's so rare. Like it happens when parents have invited that shared experience of passion all along the yeah. way. I agree. So if I wrapped a big bow around the whole thing. Yes. This is what I would say is all the things that we've been talking about, we've been using this analogy from a sports perspective because the premise was, hey, you, I don't I don't know of any parent that that they're them being a Clemson fan or a football fan or a baseball fan that they have to sit down and strategically think through how they're going to help their kids become a Clemson fan. Mm-hmm. They don't have to do that because <laughs> they don't have to be think yeah. how to be strategic. It just happens naturally yeah. and it happens naturally because of what they have in themselves yeah. that naturally comes out and they want to invite their kids to be participate in that and be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So if I wrap a bow around it, all the things that we've been talking about, all five of these things have been in this premise of you do these things naturally. You know what they're supposed to be. What you have to do is you have to do them from a faith perspective. And if you back up a step, you go, you won't be able to do that from a faith perspective, a walk with Jesus, if you don't have it in order to be passionate about that naturally spills over mm-hmm. to your kids. So if my advice to a parent is, man, you you need to seek out a deep relationship with God that's worth emulating for your kids that you'll naturally pass on or it won't yeah. happen. Yeah, and I, and I would echo that. I would say, like, man, if you want your kids to really passionately believe in Jesus, like, this is not a formula. I'm not guaranteeing yeah, yeah. anything here. But if, if you want your kids to passionately believe in Jesus, pursue Jesus, walk with Jesus for their lives, then that has to be your priority. Mm-hmm. And, and so, like, as you look at your kids, like, when you think about their spiritual health— it actually begins with your spiritual health. Yeah. So get plugged in, like find a small group, join community, be discipled, find mentors, find people to walk with you, be in the word diligently, pray, like creating those spiritual disciplines and rhythms that are overflowing out of a love mm-hmm. for Jesus. That's what's contagious. And and so, yeah, the, the health of, typically the health of our kids' spiritual journey is reflective of the health of our spiritual journey as parents, especially in the younger years. Um, all right well guys thanks for joining us you've been with us five episodes in now 
uh, and we really appreciate that. If you're still listening by now, it means maybe you like what we're doing. And so <laughs> Rob and I, just to give you guys a heads up, are um, talking about future podcast episodes, topics, subjects, things like mm-hmm. that, uh, that would pertain to, obviously, this realm of parenting and faith and how do we actually approach the influence and discipleship of our children uh, of this next generation. And so behind the scenes, we are talking through what future episodes and topics might be, um, but hopefully you've enjoyed these and been blessed by these. And uh, yeah, we'll see if, if God continues to use this. We'll see what comes next. So thanks so much for being with us this time.